just became a raven. Your art matters. It's what got me here. Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast. I'm Simon and I love One Tree Hill. And I'm Dom and I've seen five episodes of One Tree Hill. And tonight's episode for debate is season one, episode five, The Things You Can't Leave Behind. Luke, do you mind if we get a few words before your first game? Yeah, we're going to put it on the internet. Ravenshoops.com. Yeah, we're going to have a webcast and everything. What the hell is this? Well, we have this website. Yeah, we're sports announcers. Not in here, you're not. The locker room's closed. No media. Did you hear that? We're media. So welcome to the Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast, where it's always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move upstairs and settle in, as tonight's episode for debate is... Season 1, Episode 5, The Things You Can't Leave Behind. Dom, we're here. Five episodes deep. How are you feeling, my friend? Feeling good. I, I actually uh, think I probably would have finished One Tree Hill by now if I was allowed to watch it like I watch other programmes. All nine seasons. Done. That's insane. <laughs> I, I'd be, if, I, if I wasn't finished, I'd be nearly there. I'd be, I'll be on the ninth season. Is that because you're loving the show so much? It's because I know I could just blitz through it. Right, okay. <laughs> it's more of a, that's the culture. Uh, at, I'm through. the ultimate binge watcher, like we talked about with Cobra Kai, for example. Right, so our mighty 90s listeners, if you've transitioned over to the Ravens, and Ravens listeners, if this is your first time hearing this, I have been championing... Championing? <laughs> championing? Championing <laughs> Cobra Kai and Don watching it for like six months, probably an exaggeration. No, that's about that. Okay, and he wouldn't do it. Guess what? Goes on to Netflix. Guess he jumps on the bandwagon. This bitch <laughs> <laughs> finished it in three days, and you <laughs> loved it. It was brilliant. Yeah, it's great. So Uncle Simon had the facts. He did. He knew what he's talking about. Okay, good. Anyway, good. So, One Tree Hill, we know what's up. Let's start with Peyton this week. This episode made me like Peyton. I liked her in this episode. I've hated her for four episodes. I thought she's so drab and dull and boring. And like, oh, she's so moany and so miserable. I actually liked her in this episode. Talk me through. I saw her. start from the beginning. Okay, so we see her... In the beginning, in her car, and she's sitting at a green light, and the car comes up behind us like, "Hey, lady!" <laughs> boop, boop, like hooting away, "Hey, lady, come on!" Getting all pissed off because she's not moving anywhere, and she's just sitting there. She's staring at that green light, and it goes yellow or amber, uh, and red, and then there's a whole bank of red lights all the way down the street, and she just plows all the way through. Reckless. Very incredibly reckless dangerous and there's me thinking is this because of the breakup is she like that depressed with nathan like does she just now have no direction is, is she completely lost like what's going on and she just zooms through through these lights uh and then it moves on a little bit doesn't it and we see her doing it again 
And is this when Lucas jumps in the car with her? Yeah, there is a period between that, I think, where you see her doing a... Is it No, her comic strip is in FUD. That's right. And, and he, Lucas sees it and it's people always leave. Yeah. It's the, the red lights say leave, leave, leave. Yeah. Uh, or they're all red lights, aren't they, in that one picture? Yeah. And then Lucas kind of hears, goes out... Oh, he chases like Haley out, but we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. And then he hears the, the revving of the car and he jumps in the car. Cause he's, yeah. Or he watches her drive down the road. Because she's doing it he outside sees her the cafe. It. Because yeah. I think that's on like the main high street. Yeah, they called it Main Street. I think in America, I think they call high the high street is called Main Street. Cool. We're there. We're there. So he witnesses it and just sees her doing it and thinks, "Oh, this is weird. It's unusual." And it's on the next occasion that he gets in the car with her. And by this point, I think you can kind of see a little bit of guilt in her in that she's got someone else in the car and she's doing something reckless. She knows it's reckless. She knows it's dangerous. But there's not a reason yet. We don't know why. And uh, she's now got another life to think about in this car. But she she, she still does it. But she it, does Dom. it anyway. She's still I'm getting to that. Okay. She still does it, which is wrong. And then she gets to the end and it's like she kind of explains. What does she explain? She explains that her mum missed one red light. Ran a red light. Sorry. Jumped one red light. Yeah. And died. Side swiped, yeah. And then died as a result of it. So she's then, like, for whatever reason, in this, like, probably the lowest mood she's been in, or we've seen her in, certainly, since the beginning. And she's trying to. It's almost like she's. It's like tempting fate, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But all she's doing is just proving that she just drives through these lights continuously and nothing happens. Why did it happen to my mum? Mm-hmm. And and this the whole episode is uh, for Peyton anyways is based on that on that feeling, and it's the first time actually we see her kind of like laugh and smile properly, without like other friends being around and her trying to show up and play silly games and and, and stuff like that. You mean when she's talking to Whitey? It's particularly her interactions with Whitey that I really where I thought I actually quite like her in in this episode. So anyway, it took your favourite character Whitey to show bring out a different <laughs> side of her. I think so, but he's he's plays that really calm, understanding. He talks to her on an adult level. He's not treating her like. He treats the basketball lads when he calls them all girls and sissies and things like that. This is a, I completely understand how you're feeling. Your mum would be so proud of you kind of moment. Mm. You need to just keep doing what you're doing and don't do these silly things. Just be the person that you want to be kind of moment. That's how it felt. And she felt normal. It felt normal. And she was like quite chatty and uh, a little bit bantery, whitey and... Um, that that was her best bit that was the best bit of the episode is is her interaction when they're walking across the bridge when they're sitting in the cemetery before that and talking she's trying to light a cigarette and he's you know makes a comment about it and um just the whole time that they spend together and then her walking through the locker room to get to whitey's office Mm -hmm. and then goes to talk to him and she's obviously found someone that she can talk to about it and that understands her and she can get these feelings out because he know he knew her mum. She used to be a cheerleader, which ties into what she said in previous episodes. Which which has has now made me appreciate because I didn't know that. I hadn't quite worked that out. 
because there's all these questions about why she's a cheerleader and stuff like that and i'm like yeah. why does she do it what's the point she obviously doesn't enjoy it but the reason is is because it links her to her mum mm-hmm. who she obviously misses dearly mm-hmm. um and it, it that's her connection this is how i can be closer to my mother because this is what she used to do and this is what she would have liked me to do or maybe it's what her mum did like her to do so um yeah of the first episode where i've actually thought yeah but i actually quite I think Peyton's all right. She's uh, she hasn't annoyed me in this episode. Um, that's I, th- I don't know what else to say about her really. I think. Well, that's I, that's ironic that she hasn't annoyed you in this episode because she actually she's she annoyed me in this one. They're not in those parts. The parts that you're talking about with Ye in the cemetery doesn't annoy me at all yeah of course it doesn't like she is grieving for her mother it's the anniversary of her mother's passing it's horrible the bits that annoy me is how she treated brooke it was uncalled for unnecessary and that requires an apology whether and we did we didn't see one did we no we didn't see one and potentially this happens off screen but that requires an apology because we already spoke about how she doesn't treat Brooke very well and then the recklessness in the car I don't think is forgivable like unless there needs to be some responsibility taking that yes she's being reckless yes she's upset and yes her mum it was unfortunate a red light so on and so forth more than unfortunate devastating but it doesn't mean that she has the right to play with other people's safety there's other people with other people's lives like you could you run a red light you could smash into somebody else and it's them that you're also putting in danger you know it's one thing to make yourself suffer which again she shouldn't do anyway but something else to involve innocent people explain that to me dom oh no defend I, that i know i completely agree with you but you can't defend someone who has decided that their their life doesn't matter anymore because that the way they go about it is then going to impact on other people's but i think with her it's about trying to find life isn't it why is it fair it's about finding fairness in it isn't it why is it fair that i can drive through all these lights and nothing happens but then she almost gets hit and then that's almost like where there's this realization that it could happen to her and she stops right yes so but then we because then we see her at the end of the episode stopped at a red light and then it goes green and she kind of like has a little smile and drives on mm-hmm. and then all the lights are green as she's going down but this is this doesn't symbolism and imagery this and doesn't excuse it this doesn't excuse it but she's picking the quietest road at the quietest time of night what feels like the quietest time of night or like in the evening when in a in a place that has just seemed completely empty from the beginning i know so it's not as if she's picking like a mega super busy highway that if she starts like bombing it down through lights and stuff like that she's going to get smashed up and that doesn't excuse it that's not me defending that but it's it's almost like calculated risk if i do it down this road i know that barely anyone ever drives down it at this time of night so i could get away with it 
I I get that, and obviously I get it's in the realms of fiction, but I think that uh, for me personally, and and you know this, I had a really serious car accident when I was a teenager. It was a whole thing, but it was my fault, essentially driving too fast, and, you know, injured people, so on and so forth, horrible, easily the worst experience of my life. But the key point, or the key word in that, was it was an accident, it wasn't premeditated, you know she's what, doing what she's purpose. doing is premeditated so if she hurt somebody and injured someone or god forbid killed someone i don't really see how that could be excused and yes okay she's doing it down quiet streets and whatever i don't know i think that needs a real like she needs g-checking on that one like i guess she gets it by the end but i don't know she she could have really hurt someone badly it could yeah. have been kids look i know it's it's not real i understand it's a tv show but it but it deals with real emotions it deals with real themes and it deals with uh, real issues and and i just think and, it was selfish absolutely and it's it's jerked a reaction in you in that you know you've had an experience in a similar vein that has meant that that affects you and although it made me think well, that, that's a bit stupid. All I can think about is how quiet one tree, like Tree Hill, is. Sorry, um, because it's just no one around, other than the car that was behind her, and then the one car that happened to be at the end that she was lucky enough not to hit. But um, absolutely, it's not excusable, and it wouldn't be defendable at any point if she had hit anyone or caused someone to die as a result of it. You know. Well, and it also was revealed in this episode that her dad, can you remember what his profession is? He is a captain of a dredger? Yeah, something like that. A drudge boat captain? Dredge boat captain. Dredge boat, yeah. I don't know what that means. Like when you like dredge canals and stuff like that, you like, it's like digging them up, isn't it? <laughs> Basically. It's oh, like right. Okay. Re- I don't know. We'll Google it. Something. Yeah. He's doing something in the water that means he's away for a long time. And but... he, he's away on this occasion and has sent his, like, paid his respects by email, basically. So he's obviously in contact with her and said, like, I know it's a, a tough time. It's the first time I've been away. And, and that, that's kind of his way of saying, maybe it's time to move on. It's And she, she says it's been seven years and he's away a lot. And you can totally understand that because he's away and almost absent, she's not got that parent around looks to rely on other people so would have relied quite heavily on nathan who doesn't have any sort of emotional connection with her Mm. um so he wasn't even aware like she told him at the end of the episode yeah when she's painting that the black canvas or she's painting the canvas black and he says oh what's that one called and she says love "Love." so uh, i mean she's quite a dark soul anyway but it's got it got a little bit darker for her. But I actually, I really, I quite liked her in this episode. So was it for you? Because I guess <clears throat> I knew this going in at the beginning of the rewatch, and know that there's that's the reason behind it, which does lead you to give her more slack when she can be a bit. Uh, 
moody is not the right word but <laughs> bitchy know, yeah and dismissive <laughs> and you kind of think well she's been through a lot so you, you let it slide but so but for you as a first time watcher are you saying that that allowed you to peel a layer back and and allow you to be a bit better connected to her as a character yeah i think so it humanizes her a little bit more as well that's the word so yeah. she's she spent the whole last four episodes just being this robot teenagery i'm gonna be this miserable emo like rebel without a cause yeah. but now you you she's got a cause but now there's now there's a reason so that the whole reaction to brooke although brooke absolutely deserves an apology um is understandable because it was it's on a tough day it's on a day that's always going to make her think of that uh, of her mum and, and go, this these is the, things are petty and uh yeah why why do i need to do this why do i need to put my arms like that who cares who really cares because all that the matters is is life and actually my mom's lost hers and i don't have a mum now so why, why does it matter where my arms go yeah it's insignificant I, yeah i i really appreciated that on this episode uh, like in her feeling and then suddenly the thought okay the reason she's such a miserable cheerleader is because of all of this it's the only real connection to her mum that, that i know of at the moment that keeps her linked um and that's that that's kind of all i got to say about Peyton. i, I suppose it, i think she was she was pivotal in this episode she had a lot of guidance from whitey and it's nice that whitey um is now someone she can go to but he does kind of sign it off in the episode doesn't he so it says take care of yourself kid kind of thing and then that's it so i i can't see there'll be many more interactions of that but i hope there are you like that combination i just think he's quite he's very he's i've said it before on on another episode but he sees everything and is kind of the all-knowing kind of character almost similar to brooke in a way and that brooke is that funny narrative type character in that she understands people and can see what's going on in their head and can almost manipulate that whereas whitey just kind of knows everything that's going on and that's happened before and uses that as wisdom very well put well should we go on to whitey as they interconnect sure your favorite man <laughs> he is my favorite character talk to me about him so well we've said that he had he had those interactions with peyton we find out about camilla we find out about the wife whitey's wife which is important very important because she is no longer around mm. which is which is what makes that connection between him and uh, Peyton yeah because it's I've lost someone I've not been able to do this since since she's gone so he's not smoked since she's gone yeah he says, but he sort of still carries one around and has one on him smoked cigars anyway that he says doesn't even have matches yeah but um because uh does he reveal how she died can't remember I don't, I don't think so so we don't i don't really know how she died i, can't, I don't remember it ever being mentioned i don't think it is mentioned um but he's he just does that wisdom bit so well and the i can sit down and talk and be really wise and she has that funny moment um when he first comes over and says oh you picking out your plot kind of thing yeah and he he sort of laughs and chuckles along and says hey i'm not that old yet kind of thing and it's that kind of nice moment between them um that is jokey but then it becomes like oh you know your mum was great i'll tell you about her because let's say she's what 
how old are they meant to be? 19, 18, no. 16? Well, I think... 12? <laughs> I think high school in America runs, I believe, from 14 to 18. So they're about 17, yeah? I, I Yeah, maybe a bit younger, maybe 16. Okay, so she, when she was nine, her mum died. Yeah, something Around like there, so yeah, eight yeah, or nine. Yeah. So her experience of her mum... Is low. Is yeah. low. So it's nice to then have this person that does know her mum come and say this is how mm. nice she was and she was a cheerleader and she used to cheerlead at games that I was coaching and um, this is when the question of uh, from Peyton comes up of do you just ever see the point it's just boys playing a game do you mm-hmm. ever just think why'd you do it and he says oh, actually I like to think of myself as a teacher I'm teaching them how to play the game I'm not just telling them what to do they're learning um, and I, th- I thought oh that's that's a really good way of of him seeing himself as well because you, you don't you don't get anything other than sort of cheeky coach whitey up you, you know up to this point where he we know that he can be calm and understanding because he's like that with lucas because he understands lucas's situation but he can also be quite harsh and um like quite mocking for a lot of it which is what i really like about him but he turned around in this episode massively um and was just very calm, understanding, and and there for her. And there's the interaction that he has with Dan. Well, hang on. Before you go on to that, I just to say that I think that he adapts his approach depending on who he's talking to. Because even with Lucas, he has times of being hard on him, like with and you're a bit jokey and whatever, like you were saying. And then he has other times where he's like showing up at the river court and said really meaningful things to him and said, you know if you can find what you're scared of and put a face on it, you can beat it, you can use it, you know, destiny has a way of finding you. Like, he he kind of knows when to play the parts to try and help push the person forward. And I'd also say, like to say that I think what I liked about one of his, his initial interaction with Peyton was that he asked her permission if he could sit down. It was sort of done with respect. It wasn't done in a... I'm going to sit down and patronise you and whatever. It was, uh, can I sit down here? Can I share with you this, that and the other? I thought it was played and pitched perfectly. And and he opens up to her as well. It doesn't, mm. it's not all just one way. He says, you know, he talks about Camilla. He talks about just his life in, like in general. There's just a, a little nugget of his life, which you wouldn't think a, a teacher would give away, but he... He just knows the situation, and, and you're, you're spot on with your like, analysis of him. He just knows what tone to use um, and how to be with different people at different times. And then moving on to his interactions with Dan, one thing I have to note that I love about it when Y.E. and Dan interact is that the only two people that call Dan Danny is Keith and Y.E., but I love the way that Whitey uses it. It kind of, I don't know, it's sort, it's sort of like he uses it to give a different tone to the conversation that Dan would have with other people. It's kind of like, remember, I knew you when you were younger. You know, I know how you really are. You can't use this facade with me. Or what did you think of their interaction? I, I think the, the, the Dan and Danny bit is, I think you're right. When you're... It's kind of Danny's kind of like a nickname and like a, a more childish, childish version of, of the name. So yeah. I think you're absolutely right in terms of them having that knowledge of him 
and being able to use that as his name and Keith being the big brother yeah so it's like little brother Danny we're gonna get to that because oh, yeah. I want to talk about Keith <laughs> but the Whitey and Dan interaction when Dan questions Keith being allowed to play in the game mm. because he's not a F- Lucas's father yeah and Whitey just straight away throws back in well you've not been much of a father to him either yeah like, shouldn't, that kind shouldn't of... you be the one that's embarrassed yeah that he doesn't have a father there to play with. Mm. Yeah. Great moment. Because it was like a proper like, you can try and spin it your way, Dan, and you can try and say, this is against the rules and all that, but I'll just throw this back in your face and you're going to come off looking like the idiot. And I think he does. And then that's kind of like the end of the interaction. It's kind of nothing more from that. I love that White when Dan walks into, the, into Whitey's office... And Whitey's like, you're late. Yeah. Like, because then he, he already... I've been uh, expecting you all morning kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> he, he predicted, he knew that he was going to do it. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And that's automatically giving him the power of the room. He already knows. I mean, he, he I think he's got it anyway. But he already knows that Dan's going to come in crying like a little bitch. <laughs> and he's not going to get his way. Because Whitey's just like, well, you, you're not really a dad to him anyway. So what do you care? Yeah. You should You should be ashamed of yourself kind of moment. Yes, Whitey, smash him up. I love him. What a guy. Well, um, <laughs> just before we move on, that, that's it for, for Whitey. I think so, yeah. Um, just before we move on to the next character, I would just say I, I, I'm concerned that I was maybe too harsh on Peyton. I just need to make it clear that I understand that she is in pain and I get it. And Well, I don't get it because fortunately i still have my parents um but the pain of losing a parent must be immeasurable um and one of the worst things that can happen to a person i just i don't think there are any excuses for putting other people in danger Hmm. you know like put your if you have to not that you should do that to yourself either but if you're going to do stuff like that at least minimize it so that no you're not affecting other people you know yeah i completely agree and uh, i'm fortunate enough to have both my parents as well and, and don't understand that situation but yeah it's and that, heartbreaking yeah i mean totally so. maybe we should call her painting because mm. she's in pain and she likes painting let's move on <laughs> I was I was one second away from dropping back into freestyle. So <laughs> oh <me>. God, <laughs> Danny Glover! <laughs> I love that moment. My half brother. <laughs> My half brother. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so shall we move on? Should we move on to Dan? Let's. Or, or move. do you want to go to one of the younger characters? Where do you want to go? No, I think Dan's fine. I think Dan's okay. We can move on to Dan. I have things, to, I have questions about Dan that you're not going to be able to answer, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. I have a question. Actually, the question isn't about Dan. Well, it kind of is about Dan. It's more, it's more about Nathan and, um, what's the mum's name? Deb. 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 Deb's not on the board. Get Deb on the board. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was an addition last episode. Okay, well, I have one question to start it off. Hmm. Dan riding a bicycle. Sorry? Dan, <laughs> Dan is riding a bicycle. He turns up at Keith's body shop 
on a bike. Yeah. I don't understand what he's doing. He's in training. Ah. Okay. He's. <laughs> and that's why he asked for the water. Yeah. Ah. Okay. I mean, yes. Because Keith's like, oh, do you want a frosty one? Oh, well, we've got I to don't... talk about frosties. <laughs> do you want a frosty? When I heard him say that, I was thinking. The cereal? The only... <laughs> I was more just thinking, that's it now. Like, I've heard a word that is now going into my vocabulary, and I'll never call a beer a beer again. <laughs> I'm gonna, do you want a frosty? <laughs> yes. And, but also, Absolutely. this is jumping ahead to talk about Keith, but for someone that was concerned about potentially losing his license in a previous episode about doing... Like, why was he going to lose his license? For doing work on Peyton's car? Why? Oh, because it was a hit and run? Because, yeah, and then his vehicle was in, involved in towing away. Right, 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 stuff right. Like It must be to do with that. But he was concerned about, you know, being in trouble. That he's fine to have a couple brewskis while doing his work. Yeah, he's all right. He's got a fridge for it. At the garage. <laughs> they didn't go somewhere else for that beer. It was already, it was readily available. Okay, we've spoken on the podcast before um, that your dad has has his own body shop. Yes. Does your dad have a fridge with a couple Frosties in when he's at work? He has a fridge, but it doesn't have any Frosties in it. What's in the fridge? I think he just puts water in it. Maybe say to your dad, look, we need to watch this episode of One Tree Hill. When you see the Keith, he has a couple Frosties at work. <laughs> Maybe throw a couple in there. What? What? Does your dad drink beer? Yeah. What's his beer of choice? Normally Stella. Okay. Or San Miguel. Okay. But usually Stella. In uh, in cans or bottles or bottles. Um. Okay. He'll drink it out of the bottle. Or he'll put it in a glass. In a glass. Okay. So we need to provide him a glass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you right? Trying to get my dad drunk at work. I'm not. I'm just saying this seems like a good way to live. <laughs> But yeah, okay. So, would nice. it, if I said to you, "Hey, Dom, should we go for a couple of frosties?" Would that? Would you feel? Does it make you? Are you more likely to go for the beer because I've called it a frosty? Or no, I think I'd just say, "Yeah, okay, that's fine. Let's go for a beer." I won't use. The, I won't use the term frosty. You wouldn't. You, you're not going to use frosty. I won't use frosties. That can be all yours. <laughs> I can't explain, but I feel disappointed by that. Can oh. you not? Can you? One time, will you offer me a frosty? Yes. You promise me? I promise you. Excellent. <laughs> okay, so Dan, um, where where does it start with Dan? It starts with Dan at the in his back garden. Uh, Nathan is playing basketball with, with Tim. Tim. And he comes in, he's like, oh, give me the ball, oh, and shoots from like miles away. Beautiful shot. It was a great shot. And it was actually him. Paul Johansson, the, the actor that plays Dan, uh, only just the other day on Instagram posted a picture of like sort of like a medal of, of some sort that he'd got from, I think it was China, I'm not 100% sure, from where he was playing with the Canadian Olympic team. Oh, wow. Like as in... He's legit. He is legit. And you can tell from his form and everything. Yeah, great shot. I wonder how many takes. I'm hoping it was first take. <laughs> I hope so. And then in the same scene, you've got James Lafferty, the actor playing Nathan, actually dunking. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. I think it adds an extra layer of sort of authenticity that they're actually able to play. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. And it's that more realistic touch, isn't it? You know, rather than, oh, we have to cut away every time and let someone else shoot the ball in because they can't hit it, they hit the hoop and stuff like that. But this is the first time we see him in this episode. And he's in training and he... It's the night before Christmas Eve. No, he says it feels like Christmas Eve, the night before the game. That's right, yeah. Deb sits on his lap. Uh, we might I might be saying this out of order. I'm just trying to think of the order at the moment. Like, is the bike bit first in the garage, but he must get to that. Because they read the article, don't they? The article about, the article is important. about them playing basketball. The article, is, yeah, is about the Scott the, the family Lucas. dynasty of basketball. And there's, like, Dan and his two sons. Yeah, it's, it's that Lucas and Nathan moment where they've been drawn together and it's like... Everyone's referring to it as, oh, it's like you're one big happy family now, sort of thing. Um, which everyone knows that they're not. And... Because Nathan comes down for breakfast and Deb's made breakfast and saying, oh, your breakfast is going to get cold. And Nathan says, well, I'm going to go have breakfast at school with my brother. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then Dan, I think, does Dan eat the pancake or something or whatever it is? And yeah. Dan's just not impressed with it at all. And he says that like reporting's lowest of the low and they're rubbish. And Hat takes massive issue with it. Um which is but, sad, he, but he's cause... so excited by the game, isn't he? And he he's actually actually has that re- nice bit of connection with Nathan when they're like it's a bit bantery, like oh you better bring your A game and you, you know oh we're gonna smash you to bits kind of thing and stuff like that. And he's he's just shot from bloody miles away and it's gone in. And it's just like you expect more of that tomorrow night. And it's quite a nice moment, actually, like a father and son moment, mm. which is you know one that we don't get often with them because he's so. Dan is so pushy, um, which is then juxtaposed, which is then juxtaposed, which is then <laughs> juxtaposed, pal. When Dan is at the garage and he's just treating Lucas like garbage, yeah, like real garbage, yeah. Uh, he he says so he, he comes up on the bike, which now I understand is for training gets a water, gets a frosty H2O thrown to him <laughs> from Keith, and just continue. He says something about, well, now you, you've got the Scott name, don't tarnish it, or something like that, isn't it? Something to that effect. Yeah. Um, in the game, he <clears> means. And that's when Keith sort of steps in and says, well, that's been your problem for years or whatever, is that you've been ruining yeah. the name all this time. Yeah. Kind of, that's the, the comment that he's pushing back. Yeah, which was a quick comment. And then Dan says something to Lucas about, don't have the name then, doesn't he? What what gets Lucas upset in this scene? It's Dan's comment about that. He said, yeah, he's, what does he say? He like implies something like, shouldn't have had the name in the first place. Or yeah. Some, something to that effect. That's right, yeah. Which is heartless mm. like it is insane like because he just calls him hey kid as well yeah he doesn't even say his name his first name it's like he doesn't want to it doesn't even look at him when he says it as well like i i mean neither of us are fathers um yet yes <laughs> yes touch wood um soon but the i cannot imagine ever fathering a child even if you're not with the mother anymore, I can't imagine just 
that abandonment and resentment towards an innocent child. Yeah. Like, I don't understand where the... It's not the child's fault, is it? Yeah. Didn't ask to be born. Right. I don't I don't get it. But... Maybe it's because Dan knows it's really Keith's kid. Uh, I don't want to talk about when we get to Keith. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, and there is exposition in the future that will give more to it. But I cannot tell you that. Oh. That... <laughs> it's so annoying not knowing. <laughs> okay. This... Wait, waiting for a big reveal. We'll get there. Anyway, Dan. Let's move back to Dan because uh, we'll talk about Keith. But, so, but that's good that Keith defended Lucas in that moment. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, we'll get back to that because da- uh, Keith does that a lot in the episode. I'm just going to say it now. Spoiler alert. Keith, MVP of the episode. Move on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. So Dan then goes home, doesn't he? He gets home and um that the the whole interaction with deb says how do you feel about the game she seduces him basically i can't remember what she says but she basically he says it's like christmas do you want the honest answer she's like yeah it's like it's like christmas eve and she's like oh does that mean you've been naughty or nice that's then? it and uh he's like oh naughty <laughs> oh he says what do you want me to be yeah something like that okay just filthy filthy just be filthy <laughs> full on dirty naughty boy anyway um and then he just breaks her heart but but i'm sorry i took you out of the joke but i mean <laughs> just snap you out of it fool he basically she says he says like oh i wish you could have been there sold out crowds this that and the other yes dom this is my question is Nathan really her son? What do you mean? <laughs> because they're the same age. Lucas and Nathan are the same age. They're yeah. in the same grade, so we'd say year, but they're in the same grade. Yeah, we've, at well, we discussed it. There's a, there can be a nine month disparity and they can still be in the same academic year. He has talked about how his basketball prowess as a youngster, when he was about their age, Karen is obviously aware of this because she was there and they were homecoming king and queen or whatever and you know yeah. we're supposed to be getting married and this that and the other mm-hmm. he's then obviously had a child with another woman mm-hmm. that may or may not be dead right now for me okay <laughs> that at the same time so surely that person would know about his basketball prowess and would have heard about him surely it's yeah, it it gets it, explained in in further exposition. Just this episode with him and with the children made it so confusing because it's like they weren't born at the same time. It's like oh, I wish he knew me back then, but she must have done because you you had a child with him almost immediately after that one was born. Right, but it get it. It gets explained. It well, I want it to be explained now. It's so annoying. <laughs> Okay, I'll just have to keep watching it. That's that's what they're doing, right? They're trying to keep you. They're not giving you all of the information now. Otherwise, you it, no interest is there. I'd be on season nine, right? But yeah, you, I'm, I'm pretty sure you find this out, um, in within the next few episodes. Oh, okay, all right. 
I'll keep watching then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just stay. You definitely got to keep watching. <laughs> Can't just come on here and just pretend. We'll, like, we'll uh, know. I we'll... think this happened. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, we also get. Yeah. So, yeah. Wait. So he says it was different back then, you know, sold out crowds, whatever, whatever. And she basically says something along the lines of. Were, were you happier then than you are now which the answer is no because you're happy in your life with your wife and so on and so forth you would imagine and that's what she would have wanted to have heard but instead he says it was different hmm tough crowd <sighs> yeah oh yeah that's a kicker in the face oh Debs <laughs> oh Debs Debs trying to be all like playful and sexy and he's just like spat in her face <laughs> it's not it's it, yeah terrible the then two twos we go over to Tom two doing it just makes me laugh every time we go over to it's the perfect transition because it's just twos. two twos. We go over to Dan being back at the um, garage again, right? And he confer- this is just this is where Keith offers him the frosty. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about Keith and Lucas when we get to them, but within that point, Lucas has asked Keith if he would play in the father son basketball game but we'll talk about that later but dan is aware of that so in that conversation this is where dan is antagonizing keith and keith saying you know how 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 much is that suit worth because it's gonna look real bad when i like lay you out on the floor in it something along those lines yeah this is the i'm the big brother moment isn't it remember it was my name first yeah exactly i love that that was a great great touch and it was Keith's way of saying, you know, you might think you've made that name big, but I had it first. And that was it, that exact sort of sentiment. And actually, I'm happy for Lucas to have that name because he deserves it. And even if you're his piece of shit dad, so-called, then, you know, he still earns the right to wear that name. Yeah. And this, because I think Dan's reason for visiting was basically to tell Keith to not play in the game, was it? It was just to try and make him feel like crap about playing in it. Like, you, you're no one's dad, why you shouldn't even be allowed kind of moment, wasn't it? Horrendous. Yeah. Horrendous. Because what, what's, why are you punishing this kid so much? My favourite line in the whole episode, not that I can remember it word, like, wow, at all really, like, in terms of word for word, but... The, my favourite moment, I think, of the whole episode is when Keith turns around and says, you might be ashamed of Lucas, you might be ashamed of me, but have you never stopped to think of how, like, we're ashamed, how ashamed we are of you? Mm-hmm. And what a moment! What a, like, pow! And there's always those moments where Dan's walking away as well, and he sort of has that pause and that look, and then he carries on walking, and it's just like, oh, reality's just kicked me in the nuts, and I've got to continue about my day just having that like walking around, my balls swelling, <laughs> bruised. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Got to check for lumps. Oh, <laughs> stop the nuts thing now. Stop the nuts thing. This whole thing. Let's go back to Frosties. Delicate. <laughs> <laughs> Needs to make them Frosty. That's oh, my son. But, <laughs> okay, so... But Dan continues even further, because now we've got to talk about the father-son game. The game. Which was is great. <laughs> I mean, they don't explain, but assuming it's like for charity or to raise... It's just like an exhibition situation, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, like it's not even being refereed properly, really, to some extent. It's just for fun. But we get Dan in the locker room at the beginning taking it all serious Keith comes in and he almost sort of laughs about Keith immediately doesn't he and trying to make jokes about Keith's not great at basketball so on and so forth and it's hard to not I know we're going to talk about Keith separately it's hard to not talk about some of these interaction points because one of the other dads says to Keith oh I didn't realise you had a boy that plays ball and Keith says oh I don't there's just a kid on the team that doesn't have a father. Yeah, and that's a like another sort of smashing the teeth for Dan. Yeah, who is standing right there because he he tries to play the um, I'm the big I'm the captain of the team I'm I'm the the head jock kind of thing even though that's well that's what he says he's like Keith can hold my jock strap yeah exactly and, and he, that's why Keith says it yeah he he um wants to make fun of of Keith and everyone laughs but the the really good moment is that Keith doesn't react like Lucas would have reacted and would have got annoyed and like slammed his locker door or something like that he laughs as well he looks at the other guys laughing and joins in with the joke and thinks it's funny you know he obviously doesn't but he plays it plays along and then that's when he can get that comment in of mm. you know I'm I'm stepping in because there's a there's a kid on the team that that has no father I such yeah Keith, what? Keith, MVP. <laughs> Come on, Keith. My main man, Keith. <laughs> uh, and then we get to the actual game. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about some of that more when we when we're talking uh, about Nathan and Lucas and so on and so forth. But, but all the youngsters, all the the Ravens are doing like exhibition stuff, and they're they're doing little tricks and stuff and like that. And they're showing up their dads in, in front of them, basically, and throwing it around. And Dan is the first one to say to Nathan, don't you even think about doing something like that to me? Yeah. And then that's when he throws the basketball up his top, spins it round. He does it anyway. Goes round Dan and dunks it. Yeah. And then it, it... Does it go to half time at that point? I think then it goes to half time, and they're down. The fathers are down by thirty points. Yeah, but this is the moment where uh, Dan is saying, "You lot are awful out there," and I'm doing everything. And Keith is kind of behind and going, "Well, we're meant to be. It's meant to be awful. Yeah, we're supposed to be losing to them and stuff like that." Yeah, we're twenty years older than them, or or more, twenty five, whatever. Yeah, and um, Dan then goes into the next changing room, and they're like, "All oh, enemy approaching." He's like, yeah, I am the enemy approaching. And then he challenges Nathan in a really horrible way. Intimidating. It's really nasty. It's really nasty. And he's just like... You better bring your best game. Yeah. Like, forget about the team and whatever. And this this is actually something that can be specific to basketball, is because you can have... There's two different ways of playing. You can play what's called zone, which is like how you can play in football where you've got positions that when you're defending it's set on 
the area of the court. So like in football, you could be right back, left back, whatever. Or you have what most uh, teams play at higher levels, like higher than, you know, just sort of like Bush League. They have uh, what's called man-to-man. So wherever the man is that you're defending on the court, you go everywhere with them everywhere so mm. that you can actually play like an internal game of just you versus them on the court you know of how many times you're scoring on your man so he's when dan's saying that he's basically saying forget this larger game that's just you and me that see you know mono mono type situation and uh yeah it's horrible unnecessary and really shows dan's sort of insecurities of being shown up and the fact that he has to continue to be this overbearing, overachieving, uh, like main spotlight captain of the team, even though he is, you know, like a 40 year old man. Yeah. And he, he says some like quite nasty things uh, at that moment and has to be brought back down to earth by Keith again. We'll get to that when we get to Keith, because it's quite important. But it's when we're back on the court where it really happens. And he fouls Nathan. Nasty fouls. Like, well. smashes him down, doesn't he? Like, like basically basically playing football. American he, football. He's a big guy as well. Like, as in, not... He's, he's like, in shape, but he's, like, solid, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, compared to, um, like, Nathan and his stature. So he's quite a skinny guy, and he's not built he's not muscly you know he's he's, he's like lean he's lean yeah and fit but he's not like he's a teenager yeah, yeah exactly he's not like pumped yeah whereas dan obviously is and he's been in training <laughs> <laughs> so he's been cycling working <laughs> <their> legs <laughs> um and it's just it was unnecessary and it's that moment where everyone's looking and it's just like oh he's just smashed down his his kid what's what the hell's happening and mum's sitting in the crowd like or potential mum like what the hell's going on it's just <laughs> you're just out there crazy. questioning you want paternity tests <laughs> i want dna <laughs> for all of them <laughs> okay wait but who helps nathan up lucas put a pin in that lucas is there put a pin in that let's go some <laughs> um when nathan then says Nathan basically says he's yeah he's gonna we'll get to that bit when we touch net we get on to Nathan um, but he Dan gets the winning basket but Nathan allows him to get it yeah Nathan steps aside doesn't he and goes look if you really want to be that guy you really want to show everyone how wonderful you are and you want to show me up and whatever you you think you're this like amazing wonderful person that everyone loves you then fine you go go for it i don't care and you could never beat me at my best yeah what a, what a powerful moment and he does he, yeah. he does his little um layup layup and and chucks it in and that's it then it's like a oh the the father's win or whatever mm-hmm. and he just sort of runs off yeah uh dan in terms of his character doesn't change in this episode well, if anything, he gets worse. Yeah, it's just wow. It's just more of a more of an idiot. You just you you think he's more of an idiot. It's not calculated anymore. It's just spiteful, isn't it? Yeah, and it almost. Do you think it feels like things are spiraling out of 
control in terms of he used to have everything in, in his grasp and now that Lucas is coming back in Karen's coming back in Keith is kind of opposing him a little bit it's kind of he's now clutching at straws and just sort of punching out and being more spiteful because he is losing yeah his his control over everything but we talked about that on a previous episode possibly even the last episode where his thing his like main reason his raison d'etre shall we say is control over these people and the power that he holds over them and now he's losing that grip and that that the grasp that he has over them and, and that hold so if he loses that he loses everything and that's what we said on on a previous episode he loses that he loses everything uh and he's gonna have to work really hard to one to one get nathan back on side and two debs mm-hmm. and make amends doesn't matter about Keith. Him and Keith always had a, a terrible relationship. Keith says that earlier on. Doesn't matter about anyone else, but he needs to win them back over. Especially with Debs in the previous episode making a connection with Karen and being so focused on Nathan and Lucas actually getting on. And he doesn't want that. So as soon as he, if he keeps doing this and Lucas helping Nathan up and stuff like that, it's just going to push them further away. And he, he will have to somehow regain control of that so he'll probably do what nathan does and mirrors and play the apology game in the next episode okay we will see we will see okay shall we move on to who should we should we keep it in this vein and go to keith i think keith is is the logical next choice mvp you was he your he was the main man of this episode, really, isn't Come he? Come on. Keith is untouchable. Well, Whitey was also really good. Yeah. Um, but they were they had sort of separate um Interactions. Or, yeah. But when we've spoken about the majority of them, but Frosties, I've spoken about that. And <laughs> my joy about that. I have a couple of Frosties tonight, Keith. <laughs> I've got some work to do. Have a Frosty. Um, but... The way that he stood up for Dan, the fact that... So his interactions with Lucas, Lucas asking him if he would um, play, him feeling honoured, him warming up with Lucas, continuing to... Like, not being upset when Lucas says he wants to change his name, change his last name, but also giving him advice and saying, well, you know, it's your name. You can own it. You can have it. It's, you know, so on and so forth. And then... Standing up to Dan at the end with, uh, you know, just walk away, Danny. Just walk away. And then telling Nathan, who's someone that he has now admitted in this episode, he doesn't have, you know, Nathan's like a stranger, I think he says. It's not like he has a massive connection to him, but saying to Nathan, hey, you're doing fine. You're doing really well. Mm. And then he says to the rest of the players, it's like, hey, if any one of you gives you gives me your best game, I'm going to hurt you, you know, but making it a joke, they're all laughing. It's kind of like he broke that tension that Dan, in, that Dan had just created. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that needed to happen for, for things to kind of be calm on the, the, the court when they all go back, be calm on the court when they all go back out. Um, and he's just played the, he's just been the, the most influential character of this episode, I think, um, because he's, he's really got a Dan. He's really got at him in this episode, and he's turned around and he's just said things back to him like, "Why are you smiling at me? Are you grinning? What's that about?" 
And I just sometimes get these flashes of, I love that we have such serious conversations <laughs> about this. Because I've never had it before. You don't talk to anyone about it. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Continue, sorry. I will. I, I was will. just enjoying it. <laughs> Good. Enjoying Enjoy it. that moment. Enjoy yeah. it. <laughs> Take it in. <laughs> Breathe, breathing in. Breathing in, Simon. Breathing in. <laughs> um, sorry, I ruined your flow. My flow. Keith, you're saying Keith, uh, he really sort of stuck it to Dan. Yeah, he has. He just completely takes over in this episode because um, Dan has got away with saying things that has made them all feel like crap. But in this one, Keith really gives it back and says, actually, Lucas can have the Scott name because it wasn't your name first. And he's associating it, hopefully he associates it with being more like me than like you. It's kind of what he's getting at here, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and you've never been a father. Um, what makes you think we're not ashamed of you? <laughs> and, you know, and, and it's the way he turns around and goes, get out of my shop at the end of it. As well. <laughs> just like, what makes you think we're not ashamed of you? Get out of my shop. And then he just walks off, just like, get fucked. <laughs> just that moment, isn't it? Fuck you, Dan. Yeah, just get fucked. It would have been brilliant if he just said that and walked off. But it's like, get out of my shop. He doesn't have to rise to it. He, but he can just smash down and belittle Dan so easily. Mm. Um, he, he's above it. He can't, he can't be. Do you, can we take a moment as well? Fashion corner. I'm gonna say it. Keith, MVP of the fashion. Was he's he? Wh- was he playing basketball in boots? <laughs> in, yeah, at the court. Yeah, at the court. yeah. I think he's just got like. I don't give a fuck. I'm just gonna whack you on my Timberlands <laughs> and dislocate a kidney or whatever he did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It just yes, like he he is him. He again, we've said the whole theme of the show is about being being the person that you are, being the person you want to be. He is himself unapologetically, and I love it. Uh, it's funny watching it this time. There are different characters that I am connecting to in different ways, and some in a positive way, and some in a negative way. Now I've always been a fan of Keith. Of course, he, he's that guy. But I really am relating to him more on this watch. And I think some of it may be to do with age now because, we're, you know, we're older. And um, Peyton is on my other end where I, I get it, but I do find her a little, like, I almost sometimes want to shake her and just be like, it's okay, though. Like, you're here. It's okay. You've got all these people around you and... Yes, you've had some really horrible situations, but you're still here. It's okay. <laughs> Come on, have a couple frosties. <laughs> Just chill out. <laughs> Sorry, tangent. But yes, towards me more about Keith. Uh, and they, Keith has that more. He's that more positive, friendly side of being an influence to Lucas. So in the last episode, he was quite stern. And hard on Lucas. In this one, he's, um, you know what? It's your name, but if you decide to change it, that's fine. I hope you don't, because it's my name too. Mm. And I'm your real dad. <laughs> well, Karen says that Keith, the only time she's seen Keith cry was when she was holding, he was holding Lucas. When, she was, when he was born. Because he's the real dad. <laughs> 100%. It's happening. Does what? that come out in the next few episodes? 
Simon is shaking his head. I'm not saying, <laughs> head. I'm not saying a word. Oh. I mean, even if you looked at the at Lucas's colouring, look at his hair and whatever, like I could, you could. Dan's got dark hair. Karen's got dark hair. My man's a sandy blonde. I, <laughs> I say, I say nothing. I say nothing. I'm just. I'm more convinced than ever. Than ever. Than ever. Than ever. <laughs> I'm more convinced than ever. I'm more convinced than ever. I'm leaving all of that in. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy Glover. <laughs> but Bobby Cabrera. <laughs> that... My half brother. <laughs> but you think? Do you no, honestly think Keith, Keith is the dad? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, convinced. More than ever, really. Oh, I'm convinced more than ever after this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Anything else we need to say about Keith? Um, just the way. Lucas responds to him is is really nice, and Lucas decides to keep the name because of Keith, yeah, his real dad. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, I guess he just Keith is that father-like figure for him, or that positive male role model, and he wants to be like Keith mm. in terms of how he carries himself and. I think that's commendable because keeps the keeps the man. MVP. MVP. Okay, so what's your predictions for Keith going forward? I, he'll continue to be the guy that he is. I think Dan probably has to try and get his own back on him somehow because it, maybe he's got away with too much in this episode about making Dan look a bit stupid. Um, whether that's in front of the kids. Um, maybe, maybe the way he reacted with Nathan makes Nathan come to see him for whatever reason and says oh I, I don't really know Lucas I've always been told you know not to like him because my dad and we've got this rivalry and this makes but now I don't really like my dad maybe I should, could like Lucas and Keith might be that bridge um, that'd be interesting that'd be an interesting sort of plot turn I think for me um, <clears throat> if that if that was to happen um, but Keith would definitely be a facilitator to that. But the way these episodes seem to run is that the characters that don't get much time in a previous episode get loads in this one, in the next one. So we might not see him much in the next episode, but the one after that he'll probably, mm-hmm. you know, come out a lot more. But um, hopefully we just see a lot of Keith and Whitey. <laughs> that should be. Is Keith an MVP for you as well? Then he's yeah. one of your favourites. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Excellent. Definitely. Okay. Who do you want to move on to? I guess it would make sense to kind of move on to Nathan, maybe, or Lucas. They. I, I've always seen this as Lucas being the main character up until this episode. Okay. So Lucas, I think we could probably move on to Lucas next. Okay. Um, because for me, it was all about Lucas, and now it isn't. Now it's about everyone. Okay. So you think that he he isn't the protagonist anymore? It could be anyone's episode yeah yeah i actually genuinely thought in the first four episodes it was all about lucas and his relationship developments with everyone and i understand that he is a central character but he's not the central character mm-hmm. nathan is also heavily in the center and how do you feel about that like as in do you prefer it if it's taken that format where it doesn't have to you know or would you prefer it to be based around one person um no i don't mind it I don't mind it. It's okay. There's there's things that you watch that you think it's quite good if it's based around one person, but 
all you see is their development and their change and how they interact with other people. But on this, you're you're watching ten to fifteen people change or show how they've changed. So, like Keith will talk about when he was a kid, for example, and how he is now. And Karen talk about how she was when she was younger to how she is now, and 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 then we see the youngsters growing up to become whatever. I, I I'm not seeing them grow up, but I mean, we will in nine seasons. <laughs> right, right. Time just freezes. Yeah. <laughs> do you, would you agree that the overall, from what you've seen so far, theme of the show is about individual change, reflection, and development? Like, do you think? Is, are you seeing that, or how would you what would, how would you describe the the theme of the show? I, th- I I think you're sort of spot on there. It's um it's exactly what the theme song is about, isn't it? Right, and that's what, exactly why I was like, you have to watch it every time because right. it become it becomes it becomes more and more sort of relevant as as the time goes on. Uh, that. Yeah, the song is kind of word perfect for what the show is. Yeah, and it features in the episode as well. Yes, as a Peyton is time. playing it in her car. Um, and I, that as a theme is is really important. And but you know you are seeing that development, and it might be that we end up seeing people being the worst of themselves. Totally, yeah. Not being the best, and and that's that's life isn't it you're, you're not your best self every day exactly in the peaks and valleys and you've got to have some bad times to learn from them to develop to get to the better times like there has to be that and i think um but i think it's unique like there aren't as many shows that that is literally the focus of it but it's like we said in our bonus episode on patreon now that it's it's not or did we say it in the previous episode on one of the episodes either either way they're all on patreon <laughs> there uh there's no supernatural elements to it this is just in a small town yeah but yes okay so did you say you want to go to lucas let's go to lucas let's talk to me about lucas in this episode lucas has um a different journey in this episode because he has the whole name issue Mm-hmm. Um, which so let's talk about that first. So okay. he goes to to Keith and says that he's thinking about changing his name on the back of this news report and all the stuff that's happened. He doesn't wear the name on his basketball jersey. Um, then what's the point in having it? He's kind of thinking about changing his surname to his mum's surname, which is Roe. Yep. So Keith is understanding and supportive and says, if that's what you think you need to do then fine just remember um you're a scott i'm a scott you you're your own man it doesn't have to be anything to do with him yeah. and that's kind of the message of, of of this episode isn't it is is just be your own person you don't need to live in anyone's shadow or follow any path just because you have a same surname yeah that means nothing it doesn't make you it's the rest of it that makes you yeah which is, i think was an important message that came out of this episode yeah now I'll go back to being silly. Um, Lucas has that turmoil of not really knowing what to do because he thought his mum would appreciate it a lot more, but she, she kind of, she's a very, only in it very, very briefly, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Where she says, look, if you want to do it, that's fine. It's your decision, but do you really need to think about it? Well, and she, we could probably just quickly 
cover sag over to Karen yeah. and talk about her and then be done with her. But because she basically ex- gives the exposition of she thought Dan was going to come back, like he's got this scholarship, and then she he said he was going to finish out the semester and then come back, um, which didn't come to fruition. But so at that point, they asked for the name. She said Scott. She thought they were going to get married, so on and so forth, which makes sense. Yeah. Talks about Keith being there that we've spoken about. The only time that she's seen Keith cry, and uh, you know, yeah, it's, and she kind of says, you know, it's up to you what you want to do. Uh, but remember that Scott is Keith's name as well. Yeah, and he's your real dad. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you think she was implying? Why not? So remember, it's his name too. So if you change it, you're only gonna have to change it back when you find out that he's your real daddy. Maybe he should go for a little double barrel situation. Lucas Rose Scott, and Lucas he could still Scott. he could still wear Rowe, couldn't he? Yeah, Lucas Lucas Scott Rowe, mm. and then use the Rowe as the last. Yeah, I don't know. we'll let him decide. Yeah, well, <laughs> he does decide. Oh, he does. At the end of the episode. Oh it? yeah, well, I just uh, I thought you meant he. <laughs> he's going to add another name on, but I thought, oh, he's giving stuff away finally. Yes, I've broken him. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he decides to stay with Scott. So he's yeah. going to be Lucas Scott because of Keith. Um, just back to Karen very quickly. We see her at the game and she looks shocked by Dan's foul on Nathan. And it's like, oh, this that's not right. What's mm. happening? But that's kind of it for Karen. So we're going to leave Karen there now. See you, Karen. So we'll probably see Karen loads in the next episode because that seems to be how this sort of rolls. But, you know, I don't know. We'll find out, won't we? That's a good prediction. We'll see. <laughs> um, so Lucas has his moments with Peyton. He gets in the car. Um, and there's the moment where she stops. So he's put himself um, in danger yeah. um, because he knows what she's doing. He's watched her do it. But also she's not stopped. So she's putting him in danger, which isn't nice. Um, but he's kind of doing it for her. He's like, I'll, I want to be with you in this moment and support you as best I can. And he even says, look, I'll go if you want me to go when she stops the car and she, I'll go if you want me to go, but I could stay. And she's like, no, you should go. And he does. He gets out. He understands. He, he, he gets it and he moves on. Um, but yeah. I, Sorry. I, was, I think she would have wanted him to stay really. But maybe she just thinks that I've just broken up with this guy, going through this stuff about my mum. I haven't had my, you know, chats with Whitey yet, so I still feel a bit crap about everything. So and this is my ex-boyfriend's half brother <laughs> from another mother. Well, maybe not. Maybe Karen had twins, separated birth. It's a parent trap situation. <laughs> they just didn't go to the same summer camp. Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, Lucas has nice moments with Peyton on the bridge. I'm trying to remember that bit. He's got the basketball and he's like going home from the river court from practicing with Keith. Keith, that's right. And he puts like the headphone round and they're talking. I've been thinking about you. Yeah. Maybe you should have a cold shower. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's that bit. Yeah. yeah. She she tries to throw back the joke. That's her defensive wall, wasn't it? Yeah. Because he's seen her really vulnerable now. Um, and he knows about her mum, finally. He probably knew that she was 
had died but didn't know the circumstances you know if they've kind of grown up together in the same place it's a small town they're all going to know aren't they mm-hmm. um oh he'd certainly know that her mum wasn't around or you know and wasn't alive i would have thought um and he's now got an explanation he now has an understanding of i suppose her pain um and now with that link that bond between them is a little bit stronger because she has she doesn't have she no longer has a mother and she doesn't have a present father and he's never had really had a father um and he's had a very present mother and they've brought in kind of a, another family member haven't they they've brought in Haley and tried to make her part of the family and mm-hmm. um he's i think this is probably lucas's way of trying to do that with her is let me i can involve you i can you know make you feel loved which is probably what she wants but she doesn't know how to understand that maybe or mm. go about that or engage with that it, yeah. yeah especially as she's just broken up with his half brother well and at the end of that interaction he goes to say something else and she's like don't ruin it because you can tell that she's like uh she needed that it was yeah. a nice interaction and she he, he says warming to her yeah she, she is warming to him sorry he's kind of in every episode he said the right things to her every time and he's done the right things so he's he handed the comic strips he handed the the comics and the pictures to thud magazine he said that your art matters and that uh, it mattered to him and it made him go to the basketball game he's now said all of this stuff and he's been trying to be as supportive as he can he's been more of a boyfriend without being a boyfriend than nathan ever has Mm -hmm. which she makes that very clear when you know you you hit the the nail on the head earlier when you said he's never even asked he didn't even know how the mum died Mm -hmm. he's never even bothered to once question it yeah and and lucas is already in a situation where he's finding more out about her and they're opening up to each other um in terms of their journey i think i think i'm on the right path in terms of what i predicted ages ago i think probably from the first episode refresh us um that they will have a thing and end up potentially being together that will cause friction between Haley nathan and those two okay which we're already starting to see aren't we because when we, we get onto now Lucas and Haley's relationship, it's already starting to fracture and fray. And we've had Lucas being like his mum and being an idiot and then apologising. Um, and he was an idiot and I think he did need to apologise to, to Haley because she's not really done anything wrong. But it's just that whole deception side of it. It feels like deception. And actually, she's not actually done anything wrong other than tutor someone. Right. But... Okay, I'm getting to my butts too. All right. <laughs> well, she she admits it at the beginning of the episode and says, "Well, I'm doing it to to help you so that he will lay off of you." Yeah. Then he later apologizes. Okay, I see what you're doing. Thank you. You don't need to do that anymore. Then he says, "So you don't need to tutor him anymore." And then she says, "Well, he needs help. I'm going to keep tutoring him." where do you sit on this situation because he has further issue with that and i can kind of see both sides of the coin there he he takes further issue with it but she explains you know when you go out and play basketball and and you you know you first started getting involved in the team and we all thought that the basketball players were all douchebags and we've never really liked them and then all of a sudden you're joining them i was supportive and actually, one of them has come asking for my help. All it is is me helping them with tutoring because they're not that bright and they need the support. 
or they're feigning to not be that bright. I'm not sure if he... I think he's playing at it, to be honest. What? <laughs> okay. Um, and she says the, the, the feeling she gets when someone passes a test or gets better and improves is like when you score in basketball and, and you, you know, feel like part of that team. That's This is my version of it, um, which is great. So why would you kind of take that away? If you if I stop that now, I'm just as bad as as them and the, you know how bad they've made you feel. So I'm on her side. I I think he should then go. Okay, fair enough. I understand. You're just shooting him. You're my friend. We've been friends since we were eight. Great. I believe you. You've convinced me as well. Actually, you put that very well. And yeah, you're right. And she was right. So, yeah, nice. Then we get to game day, game night. Yep, I know what's happening here. And um, Lucas is not walking with Haley. Why no. aren't they walking together? I guess there's still a little bit of friction because you know, there's still that tension. And she's what's really good is that they're they're grown up. She's grown up enough. He's grown up enough. Sorry to say, I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. And she's grown up enough to say later on, this this is stupid. Why? Look, we need to just face into these problems, clear the air, and move on. We've been friends for too long. It's just stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't get that in this sort of program quite a lot. You get the just continuously holding on to information because one that makes better TV, and two they don't want to talk about their problems. Mm-hmm. But these two want to clear the air. It's just like we've been friends for so long. Let's just get it all out there. Get it all on the table. And this is what it is. Um, and you kind of think, I thought, if it ended there, okay, fine, their relationship is fixed. But I didn't want it to end there. I wanted it to go further. And the interaction with Haley and Nathan that Lucas witnesses was the perfect moment. Was that evil like grin that he that Nathan gives to Lucas over Haley's shoulder that just... Oh, it kind of really sticks it to Lucas, doesn't it? Mm. Absolutely. And he hates it. But then he stops talking to Haley. So then he he kind of becomes part of the problem. He's almost just as bad as the rest of them in, in my eyes at this moment because she's like, hey, hey, Lucas, Lucas, Scott. And they both look over. Yeah, the classic. They We've both... had that almost every episode. Yeah. <laughs> And he's just like, whatever, takes the final shot and then the game starts. They start playing the game. And just after half time, she's like, hey, Lucas, what's what's the problem? Why have I done something wrong? Why aren't you talking to me? What's happened? And he's just convinced. He's like, I think you're lying to me um, and you're not being truthful with me. And he doesn't like that. And she's like, I promise you I'm not. And then he's like, nice bracelet. She's still got it on. <sighs> she's still got it on. Which means, unfortunately, when we get to Haley, she got a ting for Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> you think? Yeah. Where do you think this developed? Because well, they're tu- they're tutoring in. Is it in Nathan's house? I'm assuming it's in Nathan's house. Um, and he's doing like a mock test or quiz or whatever, and he gets eighty-one. Yeah, and she says if you get more than. 83 or you have to get you have to get 81 or above for me to come to the game to the game yeah Yeah. if you get lower than 81 i'm staying at home watching the office right which is 
uh, the US office started in 2005, and this is before that. So she's talking about the British office. Or it's a continuity error. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is 2003, so yeah. it didn't even exist. Okay. So she's talking about Ricky Gervais there. She's a Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant fan. Yeah. Nice. Which I, maybe in America, because it would be on like BBC America, and probably I know that there's a lot of American UK office fans, but it's not nowhere near as big as the US office is. And the US office personally is my favourite, controversial to say, in the UK, but... I 100% stand by. It's one of the best shows of all time, uh, the US one. But the... And I like Ricky Gervais as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the... <laughs> the, the um, I think, is that maybe almost to say that she is a bit off of the mainstream? You know, like Nathan is very mainstream, basketball, hip-hop, whatever, whatever. And she's a bit off to the side, quirky. Yeah, definitely. But we can you can tell that and the things that she wears and stuff Her like that as well. Hat. And the the green like fluffy hat that she had. She's she's different. She's all, she's quite alternative, isn't she? Yeah. In a different way though to like Peyton. Are we should we wrap up Lucas then? Sorry. Yeah. Are we kind of are we done with Lucas now? I don't think there's anything else to say about Lucas. because he gives the ball to Nathan at the end. Oh, he picks up Nathan off the floor after Dan fouls him and says, You wanna beat him? you know, we can do it together sort of thing. And Nathan's like, I want to do it on my own. But there was a sign of camaraderie there or an olive branch extended from Lucas about, hey, our shared dad is a a shitbag to both of us now. It's using our mutual hatred to, to come together, isn't it? It's the enemy of my enemy is my friend. I like that. <laughs> wow, I like that. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Hmm. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'll follow you into war, Dom. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, and it's that um, that moment for him, I think, where he's accepting Nathan for what he is, but can't accept that Haley is doing what she's doing. Yeah. So he's he's lashing out Haley. So he'll be more supportive to Nathan because he knows seen, that he's an yeah. idiot and he's playing this game and he's doing whatever. But he doesn't understand why Haley can't see it because she's intelligent. It must be because there's something more going on. It must be because she likes him. And I think yeah. And I think Lucas feels like where's the loyalty? Mm. Like we've been friends since you were like we were eight or whatever. And you're like part of the family. Like, you know that I'm going through these tribulations with my half-brother. Half-brother. So, it's... Yeah. Okay. Prediction for Lucas? Um, I, I actually think him and Haley will probably have a bigger bust-up in the next episode. But rather than it being the silent treatment and avoiding each other, it will be confrontation. Um, based on the bracelet the hug and kind of whatever he thinks has been going on in his head this might be the big reveal that she's loved him for a long time i don't know that you know lucas yeah you say you are you still on that you still think that she has a thing for lucas yeah but i'll talk about that more when we get to Haley. okay should we go to Haley or go to nathan let's go to Haley. let's 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 move on to Haley because i think what i was alluding to with Lucas 
is important that we now get on to her. Okay, go ahead. Because I think she has loved Lucas for a long time as more than a friend and has got got to a point now where she's thinking, for whatever reason, I can't have him or we can't be together um, because I'm so deep in the friend zone and he's falling for Peyton that I'm not going to get that. What I can get is almost the next best thing is someone who appears to be kind and nice and friendly at the moment who's playing this massive game um, in terms of with emotions is his half-brother half-brother so you know I can't have what I want I'll get the next best thing mm. and I think she's falling for Nathan massively mm. boom Okay. What do yeah. you think? What do you know? <laughs> no, no comment. Okay, well, I don't think there's much else to say about Hayley. We've kind of covered all of those bases. So, uh, should we move on to Nathan? I, I really like Hayley. You like her? Yeah, I hope she doesn't fall into this trap of being... Dan... Uh, sorry, of, of being Nathan's girlfriend. Uh, and being treated the same way as Peyton was I hope she's not stupid enough to fall for that Okay. and sees it at the right time so maybe that's what's coming for her she'll see it at the right time and the right time will be just before it gets too close and too heavily involved but then she'll have to go running back to Lucas tail between the legs going you were right all along I think that's going to happen okay it is kind of falls a little bit there is a, a little bit of like a trope in there of um she yeah what uh, what what film's it called what's the one with freddie prince jr and he's in high school it's like parodied and not another teen movie is it he he makes a bet with paul walker to can you make this girl the prom queen it's like he's not what is that called all about you all about that she's about that she's she's all that she's all that she's all that have you seen she's all that i i think so probably a long time ago right with it the 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 female protagonist in that wears like glasses and whatever Take the glasses off. She's the prettiest girl in school. Yeah. No one's ever noticed. You know? <laughs> Do you think Haley kind of falls into that bracket a little bit? She's like really pretty, as pretty as like you know all the other girls and whatever. But she's for some reason just very overlooked in terms of not that that should therefore make you popular or anything. Mm. Um, but it's like it's confusing as to why none of the other sort of boys at the high school would have ever, you know found her attractive and you know wanted to date her or whatever not that that's ever stated but you would imagine do you know what i mean well tim has the comment in a previous episode or are you slumming it yeah you're gonna like... try slumming it and he's like uh and nathan doesn't really answer that um but he says oh i've got a plan doesn't he and and this is this is his plan craziness and you're absolutely right she's overlooked but if we look at that typical high school hierarchy in a program like this 
Um, she does fall by the wayside, doesn't she? Because she is that quirky, intelligent. She's almost like the nerdy character without being super nerdy. She's kind mm. of like hippie nerdy, isn't she? Mm. Um, without really actually being <laughs> hippie nerdy, uh, and and she's just totally overlooked because she she could probably turn around and be a cheerleader in the next episode, and everyone would fall in love with her exactly like you were, you were alluding to. But that's not her character. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, let's move on to Nathan. So you think you think Nathan's playing her, or you think there's sincerity there? I actually liked Nathan in this episode as well. Let's talk about it. I've gone from really not liking him to liking him. It's really annoying. Is it because... Because I thought I'd hate him for nine seasons, and I thought I quite like hating someone like that. Is it Because he's a dick. But he wasn't a dick in this one. Is it because you're seeing the root of where it's coming from? So they can have some understanding. Yeah. And I, I think I hate Dan more. And it's made me think, oh, if he can appreciate everyone else's side of the story now, and he, you know, even the little comment, oh, I'm going to go and have breakfast with my brother at school, if he can actually go and do that one day and just understand, just just start to understand how much of an arse Dan really is and how controlling and um, possessive he's been over him and his mum's life and mostly his and controlling every aspect and never really letting him have the freedom to do what he wants to do he'll understand um that his dad isn't a nice person and isn't the person that has his best interest at heart and that someone like keith would be a better influence over him because he would allow him to grow um and do what he wants to do and what really matters to him Throughout this whole episode, we um probably the last episode. I don't actually know if Nathan likes playing basketball. He just does it because that's what he's always been told to do. Mm-hmm. He probably isn't enjoying himself at all mm-hmm. at any point. Okay. So <laughs> so, so I I've got to a point where I think oh, he's a bit more he's more real now. He's not just playing this jock character. More layers. Yeah, but I still think it's a game. So you don't think he sincerely likes Hayley? Um, see, this is a difficult one to answer because I think he does like Hayley, but I think he will use that to his advantage over making Lucas feel like crap. Mm, hard to know. <laughs> Very hard to know. Unless you're you not, and you've seen it all. I have no comment. So, <laughs> okay, and we've, I think we've spoken about the majority of his other moments in the basketball game, the father-son uh, game. Um, is there anything else you want to say about Nathan? I actually felt sorry for him when the when Dan was like bullying him. Yeah, even though he did the really like dick move of the the hug, and he looked at Lucas. Lucas isn't doing anything different with what he's doing with Peyton. Mm. Really, is he? Mm. It's not any different. So it's just. He's not throwing it in Nathan's face, though. No. But I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, he, it's this, he's just broken up with a girlfriend that he's had for a long period of time, and Lucas is um, pro- proactively starting conversations with her. and Yeah, he's like swooping in, and he's getting involved, and mm. she didn't come to the game to see him. Mm-hmm. And then Lucas suddenly appears, and it's just like... Yeah, I, uh, I agree. It is kind of tit for tat. 
but I think Nathan is pushed that line over of using it to stick the knife in further to Lucas. Yeah, definitely, and he can use that to if that, if that's to gain his position back on the team, then fine. But I think we're starting to work out that he doesn't really like basketball. Well, he seems to not like it. He's been forced into it by his dad because he's super pushy. He does like Haley, but he's using that as a controlling maybe defense mechanism against Lucas. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I quite liked him in this episode. Where do you see him going forward? I think his relationship with Haley will grow. I think there will definitely be something that happens there, and I think he'll open up more to Haley for whatever reason. I, I, but I think he's still going to try with Peyton. And try something on with Peyton and she'd be like, come on, we're a great couple. But it's only because she's a cheerleader. It's mm. literally the only thing. I don't think he's actually... It's a status thing. Yeah, I don't think he's actually going to pay any attention to to her needs or wants or emotions. It's still all about him, isn't it? Um, but with Haley, it's different. He's playing a character. He's pretending. Um, and he can keep playing that. But he's already told Tim that it would be a a play. It's a joke. It's a, right, I'm going to get back at Lucas. This is my plan. Mm-hmm. So even if he does fall for Haley, it's always going to come off as if it's just part of a joke, part of a big scheme, even if he really, truly likes her. Okay, interesting predictions. We looked down the list. We had no Jake. No Jake again, yeah. No Rivercourt guys. Again. I think one of the Rivercourt guys is in um, Greyhound. Oh, really? Yeah. Which one? Uh, Mouth. Oh, that would be great. His th- name's Lee Norris. In I'll, I'll let you look it up because I'm not allowed to look him up. But if you look it up, um, I'm pretty sure he's in Greyhound. I'll look it up. I'm, I'm going to watch it. It's a good film. Yeah. It's all right. Cool. So, yeah, he was in Greyhound. Very but, but, cool. But not in this episode of One Tree Hill. They've not, not been in, in it episode. for like the last three. No. Really? It's quite disappointing. I was hoping to see a lot more from them. So maybe... Maybe... Maybe not the next episode, but when we get to we'll start pushing towards the second half of the season, they'll be in it a lot more. We'll keep tabs on them. Because Skills uh, isn't in it at all. He's no. just not even appeared. You know, he's not even in a conversation anymore. So hopefully we see them. And then Tim. We don't need to talk about Tim, I don't think. Then the only Tim's person... ripped, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's in good shape. Well done, Tim. <laughs> and then the the only other person is Brooke, and we've spoken about Brooke. She only really has that one interaction with Peyton, where Peyton is upset um, when they're doing the cheerleading, and then she has a little flirtatious moment with Lucas at one point by his locker. There, really. there is the moment with Nathan as well, where Nathan says, have you heard from Peyton? She's not answering her calls and so on and so forth, and she's like, well, she's probably out kicking the homeless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. That's about it. I you feel sorry for Brooke in this episode because, um, although she's she's not one of those great friends, she's one of those people that you could probably turn to, um, and she'll mock you for a bit, but give you the answer that you want to hear, even if she says it's kind of a joke, um, and she's kind of lost that with Peyton now, so Peyton's like lost her right to have that, but. She'll probably come back and apologise to her in the next episode. Nice. Well, we will see on the next episode. So that is our character journeys. 
we're just going to go into a little bit of information about our Patreon page, but just to let you know that there is some additional content on there already. So not only do you get the early release of all of these episodes one week before they are released on the public uh, streams, on iTunes, etc., etc., you also have access to our bonus episodes. So one of those is now currently up on Patreon and our introduction episode with Tree Hill Talk and with Rivercourt Cast is also exclusive onto our Patreon as well. So we're just keeping the episode by episodes on the public streams and all that additional content you can find on our Patreon. And here is all of the information about that. You just became a raven. Hello and welcome to the Mighty 90s Podcast Network. Our network is made up of two podcasts. The Mighty 90s Movie and TV Podcast, a look back at 90s movies we grew up with. And The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast covering each individual episode of the show. All of our podcast episodes are free on all podcast platforms. But if you would like to support us on our podcast journey, then we have free Patreon tiers with bonus content and ways to connect with us that we'd love to share with you. All of our Patreon tiers include all of our podcasts. The first tier, Junior Varsity. You receive one week early access on all of our podcast episodes a patron shout-out on the podcast, access to our monthly One Tree Hill bonus episode, exclusive access to non-90s movies that we will cover, and a 90s movie title of your choice on the wheel. Your movie title choice will be put on this wheel, and at the end of each Mighty 90s episode, we will spin the wheel, and that will decide what movie we will cover next. The second tier, Varsity. All of the perks from Junior Varsity and you get to add a non-90s movie from any year to the wheel. And the final tier, Hall of Fame. If there is anyone out there that loves our work this much, then we want to speak with you. So you get all of the previous perks and we will invite you to co-host an episode of the podcast with us. We appreciate any level of support from an Instagram follow to any of our Patreon tiers. We love doing this, and we appreciate you all. Be gentle with us. And wear gloves. Let's talk about our judgments, Dom. So, who was your favourite performer of the episode? Actor, actress, performer. I'm going to give it to... I can't remember her name. You say... Dom can't remember the actors' names because he's not allowed to look them up. So (laughs) you say the character name, I'll tell you. Peyton. Peyton's played by Hilary Burton. Hilary Burton, married to Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it to her this week. I, th- I think she, although she's done upset, you know, moody teenager for the last four episodes, this is the first one where we saw real pain and she was hurt and she's upset, but she had her lighter moments with Whitey and she had um, a moment with Lucas and just the general reaction to Brooke. Just a whole lot. It just felt like a lot of different emotions coming from one character. And I think she played it really well. So she she did a really good job on this episode. Yeah. Do you have a favourite from this episode? Yes. <laughs> I would say James Lafferty for Nathan. I think, yes. No, I was gonna say it was really close for 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 the both of them. I, I, James Lafferty was probably if I hadn't picked 
Peyton, it would have been it would have been Nathan for this episode in terms of how they were performed. Hilary Burton is a really good choice as well. I think I just w- was annoyed by some of the character choices, which isn't to do with the actress at all, obviously. Um, but yeah, James Laffey, I think he played a real wide range of emotions and showed some more vulnerabilities and is able to be playing this in the middle character of do we like him do we trust him do we not and i think that's difficult to do and he's doing that convincingly so yeah (laughs) (laughs) no i agree with you well who is your favorite character um i think keith Keith is my favourite character in this one. MVP. Yeah, he smashed it, didn't he? He put Dan in his place. He supported Lucas. He supported Nathan. Um, and he was funny. And he played awful in the basketball game, but knows it. And he doesn't care. Um, and apparently fashion choices. So, <laughs> yeah, he was he was the best character for me. I, just, I would just radiate that. I've nothing more I can add to that. Nice. I completely agree. <laughs> Favorite song? Uh, probably the theme song. So there was a, there was another song that she was playing in the car when she was driving. It was something about being alive. It's good to be alive, and it or but it felt like it was. Uh, I don't know. The, the song just didn't seem right. So the the theme song that featured while she was that was probably the best song in it. So I agree. I love that song. Yeah. That's really good. You should download it. The the the, the album version. It's really good. Okay. <laughs> Favorite background performer. So there's a great moment where Peyton walks into the locker room. Yeah. And there's a lad. <laughs> this might be the same lad that we talked about before. Right, lad. <laughs> They've all got towels on, and I'm sure this one had slightly longer hair. Okay. But he just looks so like stunned and gormless, like. Uh-huh kind of moment that this girl has just walked through like is it a home improvement Arr. Arr. <laughs> as soon as i hear that i just hear the theme tune of so good yeah so was you purposely looking out this time like who is going to be my background choice i had just noticed him and thought he needs to be my choice because i've noticed him nice so he's got to be he's got to be in there did do you find yourself noticing our Ray Barnes guy. Uh I didn't on this episode. But... I saw him in the locker room. <laughs> he wasn't my choice though. Oh okay. Who was your choice this So week? we made we made the decision that a background character can be someone as long as they've only had one line. Yes. They can't have more than one line. So the person that comes into the cafe at the beginning and he puts a newspaper down to Lucas and goes, ah oh, it's a good article about you and your pup. <laughs> I love the way he says pup. Pup. <laughs> I love that. Good article about you and your pup. And it's a good one to pick. I'd yeah. forgotten about him. He had a really sincere, sincere delivery on it. It's <laughs> like he really did. It's, like, it's a nice article about you and your This pup. is my moment. I must absolutely smash this line. It's the Daniel Day-Lewis sort of one line. <laughs> yeah. so I thought he did it really well. So if... If there's somehow ever this guy in real life is able to hear this, I want you to know you are my background MVP. <laughs> okay, and Dom, it comes to the rating. Now, I asked you to go first on our last episode. I'm going to put forward my rating. But before I do, I want you to consider the fact that these ratings out of 10 
are within the confines of this show. Okay, it's not that we're we're not comparing it because they're to other shows because there's what can you compare it to? This is in this universe as good as an episode can possibly be in One Tree Hill. I think for the reasons of character development, range, entertainment, we've got a good level of basketball, which I know is important to you to for the rating. We got a big amount of YE, which again I know is important to you. We got background about Peyton and we got a lot of Keith as well. Mm-hmm. To me, I think this was a nine. Do you know what I was just going to ask? Yeah. Is if I could have a bit of paper before you said your rating. Oh, no, sorry. And write down my rating before you said. I'll trust you, though. What was you going to say? Nine. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) Really? I I really thought this was a nine. Yeah, definitely. Tell me about it. All the reasons you just said. There was more basketball. There was... (laughs) There was a lot more character development. There was um, some really great scenes, some really touching moments, some great performing, some funny moments. Really good episode. Episode five has been a really good episode. Really good. Oh, excellent. Very good. Okay. Well, there we go. It is a nine. So, so far, I need to make a note of this. I'm going to write this on the whiteboard after this. We've had a six... A seven, an eight, a seven, and a nine. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty good. That averaging, you know, between a seven and an eight, then, isn't it, on average? Excellent. Well, you can reach out to us at our email address, which is the mighty nineties podcast at gmail.com. So that's the mighty ninety nine zero s podcast at gmail.com. You can throw us any kind of communication you want on there if you want to talk about anything on the show ask us any questions just give us any feedback feel free to hit us up on there you can leave us a review on itunes or anywhere you get your podcast that really helps us you can check out our patreon page ravenshoops.net where you can find all our additional content as well as access to our other podcast the mighty 90s which is all about 90s movies that we grew up with that we love you can hit us up on social media dom at ravens podcast on instagram where you can leave comments and look at the pictures that simon has put up and you'll all be in a much more fortunate position than me because i'm not allowed to look at it or follow it so i have no idea what's on there other than what simon is allowed to screenshot me and send me that people have commented on um but no spoilers allowed for me so enjoy it in like four years time you can follow it and we can like welcome you to it (laughs) excellent well I look forward to the next episode as always with you Dom episode 6 anything else I'm looking forward to it just yeah if you if you like our content and you like what we're doing then please you know go to our Patreon uh, and have a look and if you want the additional content sign up there's three different tiers um just just check it out uh and even if you don't we you know really like that you're listening to this podcast um please leave us a rating it'd be fantastic if you could could leave us a a five star if you like us that much so hands in ravens on three one two three ravens (laughs)